0: to the Forerunners Podcast. Let's dive right into the second part of our interview with the Sika Henry. All right, we're back with Sika Henry. Hello again. Hi. All right, so we have a clue. We have a hint that you didn't just stop at running, mm-hmm. but that you have entered into the sport of triathlon mm-hmm. um what made that decision happen like w- about when did it happen and why
1: 2013 so i live out in newport news and i saw there was going to be a local triathlon a sprint and i always wanted to try one and at the time i was going through a breakup actually the person I moved out here for. (laughs) So that ended and I was like depressed and I wanted a distraction. Um, again, like the whole marathon, the first time I was like, Oh sweet. Sign up. Even though I don't own a bike and I haven't done open water swimming, Mm -hmm. but I signed up. I had two weeks to get ready for it. So I went to Dick's, got a mountain bike, got a speedo, started swimming at the local rec club. And I went and I did my first triathlon at Buckrow beach, um, the tidewater sprint. And I did, I, probably came in like last, but I didn't get sick or anything like that. There wasn't any walking, but it was just so much fun. Um, It was a lot of fun trying something new and seeing, like kind of having a base, knowing that I'm not that good at something, but that if I put time and train properly for it, that I could potentially get a lot better.
0: Yeah. Do they have that race still? They still do every year. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice.
1: And true story. I came in like last, but I think Two or three, maybe three years later, I came back and I finally won it. <laughs>
0: nice. So a sprint, those every distance is kind of a short distance. What, what do they turn out to be for a sprint? So
1: a sprint is just an 800-meter swim and then a 20K bike, so about 12 miles, and then a 5K run. And then you can go up to the Olympic, which is double that. Mm-hmm. The Half Iron, um, which is my favorite event, is a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike, and then a half marathon. And then of course the full Iron Man, the crazy.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. So to 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 my surprise, I didn't know your your base was kind of swimming. So I was was, gonna ask uh, what happened with swimming, but you already were a swimmer. Mm -hmm. When I get hurt, Mm -hmm. if I get hurt, I go ahead and go swimming to uh, to help in my recovery or to help my fitness while I recover. One thing that I noticed is that swimming laps is probably the most boring thing that you no. can do as an athlete. No, no. I mean, is that you is that your experience? I mean,
1: I think if you don't have like tri- like a structured training plan and you're just literally there swimming laps. Yes, that is incredibly boring. But when you have sets to do and you're oh, going okay. off the clock.
0: And... So you can make it interesting. Yes. Got you. Because mm-hmm. I was a swimmer too. Okay.
1: Oh, I didn't was, know that. Yeah,
0: okay. I, w- I was a swimmer too. That's that's like what I'm best at. Oh. I could go do some good swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when I was doing these these laps, just trying to heal up, man, it just drove me bonkers. Just mm-hmm. there's no music. Yeah, there's not much there's nothing to look at right. except m- making sure you're not hitting a wall or something yep. So did you, when you um, when you're practicing do you practice with different strokes or do you just basically do? the? Uh,
1: I would say mostly freestyle um, But I do we switch it up with fins. Um, I do a lot of pull paddle. Um, I do backstroke just to switch, switch it up. Yeah, and then also <clears throat> open water swimming Okay. at buckrow beach so it's not that far from me and there's mm-hmm. a group um especially during covid mm-hmm. when pools weren't open we'd go and do open water swim there and that is way more fun open water swimming is a lot of fun is it
0: mm-hmm. i haven't ever i haven't ever uh in that so maybe i should maybe i should uh, take it up a little bit mm-hmm. but um is it true in a triathlon that generally during the crawl that you don't kick to save your legs
1: Mm, false well might depend on the athlete i probably don't kick a whole lot i i don't know i have a two beat kick is Mm -hmm. that how it goes so i'm not a strong kicker which is fine and yes i think you do kind of want to save your legs because it's more important to have your legs for the bike and the the run Mm -hmm. so
0: is um i also heard that it can get really rowdy at the start of a swim. is did It's you...
1: violent. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is very violent.
0: Have you been kicked in the face? Oh, yeah.
1: My first half Ironman. Mm-hmm. I got out a black and blue nose. Oh. Eye, yeah. Oh, Goggles my... suction to my face. It happens for sure. I've been punched Man. in the back of the head. I've been swam over before.
0: Man, Got into a
1: fight with one guy. I think it was at 70.3 Florida. I kind of nudged him. He nudged me back. And it went back and forth. <laughs> I know
0: that is crazy so yeah. so do you ever like try to find a better spot to start in so you can avoid some of that stuff or do you just do it because it's part of the, the it's gig?
1: usually only like that through the first few hundred meters maybe the first hundred um and then people space out <clears throat> I do try to hop on people's feet because um, it's better to draft. So I try to stay as close as possible and people can get annoyed with that, too, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're constantly hitting their feet and then they'll kick you, like, get off my feet pretty much. And I've done that as well. (laughs) So you try to keep a little bit of distance. You don't want to just stay on somebody's feet. But yeah, drafting is a good thing. So you
0: don't just take it, you dish it out, too. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I know I shouldn't be admitting this, but yeah, yeah no. I mean, I just,
0: hey, some people say rubbing is racing, okay. so hey, yep. that happens in the water yeah, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. You gotta protect your space, you know, especially if you're on somebody's feet and it's going well, and then somebody's trying to get on also, and you don't just let them railroad you, kind of push yeah. them over. Yeah. yeah,
0: you gotta stand your ground a little bit. Yep. So what about what about swimming with your head under the water? I think I've seen that generally triathletes swim with their head above water. Is that is that typical or no?
1: No, it's very similar to the pool. Okay. Um, I spot. So if I do get on somebody's feet and they're really good at um, staying like not zigzagging and like going linear, like you want to minimize how much like extra swimming you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if I can stay on their feet, then I don't have to look up and spot the buoy as much. So I can just keep my head in the water. Gotcha. Mm -hmm.
0: That's all. This is very interesting. (laughs) I really like talking about this because I don't really... I have tiny clues, but Mm -hmm. not really... This is educational for me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about cycling. Yes. So, cycling comes with a major learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you clip in? Yes. I I guess if you're competitive, you you clip in. So, how hard was that to learn for you?
1: That was hard for me.
0: Did you fall over a lot? Oh, yeah.
1: but Yep uh i still do sometimes i don't end clip on time and the light turns red and i'm like oh crap and then i've I've fallen
0: yes when you when it comes to clipping it's always a slow fall
1: yeah it's like (laughs) you know yeah you know what's happening so you're just kind of bracing (laughs) yourself it's embarrassing yeah
0: the first time it happened to me i i don't want to clip in anymore i Mm -hmm. want to just have regular pedals if i go on a road bike but first time it happened to me i had been warned that it's not like if it happens, it's when it's happening, when it it happens. And I just, I I stopped at a stoplight and just thought, let me get my foot off this pedal. And I was like, oh, I'm clipped in. Oh, (laughs) this is happening.
1: (laughs) I know. Or you unclip the left and then you try to like stand with the right and then you just fall down. Like, oh gosh, that's so uncoordinated. Yeah.
0: So, and then, then there's learning to ride safely. I mean, Mm. let's, let's talk about that. How did you learn to, to cycle?
1: I um, village bicycles mm-hmm. in Newport News. Um, great shop, Walton Connie own. Um, they have a group ride that they do every Wednesday. It's really casual. And then they have a faster one on Sundays. So for me, it was riding in groups. Okay.
0: So you just learned from... Yeah, from learning how to use my
1: gears and, you know, turning and space. And yeah, for me, it was really helpful riding in the group.
0: What about changing tires? Do you... Oh, terrible! I feel like, I feel like, that's the worst part of cycling. I know.
1: <laughs> All the mechanical stuff. Speaking of village bicycles, shout out to them because I go in there for the most ridiculous stuff. They're they're like, you could have just done that at home. You realize that, right? And like, no, nope, I don't want to mess up anything. I don't want to touch anything. Like, you do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was it like? How many triathlons have you done? Like in total, not just not, just every oh, distance. Gosh. A lot.
1: Yeah. I can't even. It's just a lot. Yeah. At this mm -hmm. point.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, so you must, you, you started learning cycling early on then. Yeah. Um, I was looking at your, I was looking at your Instagram, I think just a few weeks ago and I saw somebody had, somebody was like, were you traveling on this road? And I think it was just a fan. Yeah. I think it was just a fan. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like. They were like, I knew it was you just by the bike. So mm-hmm. that bike that you have mm-hmm. is bright and beautiful and futuristic looking. It looks like it's straight off the movie set from Tron. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it is. It's famous. It it's a, it's famous a famous bike. bike. Yes. Yeah.
0: So um, how long have you had that bike?
1: I got it uh, last year in May. Mm-hmm. Wait, I crashed April. March, April, May, June, maybe June actually June. might have been June. Got gotcha.
0: you. Mm-hmm. So, so most people's road bikes, if they're just going out cycling, just have um, the curled handles. But triathlon mm-hmm. bikes actually have the bars that you can tuck in to on the front. Does that yes. ha- that one has that? Right. It's a time trial bike. Yep. So it's, it's a time a triathlon trial bike.
1: bike. Yep. It's not a road bike.
0: Yeah. So when you're racing, do yeah. you do you get down as low? much
1: as I can? Yeah, I try to always stay in arrow gotcha yep it's the most so aerodynamic yep exactly yeah with road bikes and cycling or if you watch um the tour and stuff like they're drafting off each other in packs and everything but time trial like triathlons we are not allowed to draft so we have to keep our distance really yep 20 at least 20 feet i think is the yep you're not allowed to
0: draft I didn't know that. Uh huh. So it's way more important to get small.
1: As yes, exactly. So that's why yep, the triathlon, the time trial was invented. Yep.
0: Man, that's crazy. So, you mentioned in the uh, you just mentioned a snippet of this in the first episode, but you had talked about how one of your one of your ultimate goals is to get your your pro card. Yes. What what's it, what does it mean to get a pro card?
1: Uh, so in triathlon, um, you can race either as an amateur or age grouper or in the pro field. But in order to race in the pro field with the top people um, and compete for prize money and stuff like that, you have to qualify. You have to be one of the best, pretty much. You have to be really fast in order to get to that point and compete for prize money.
0: Yeah. And it it's almost shocking. It's not almost shocking. It is shocking to hear you say that there's not been... An African American woman to have gotten a pro card that that's like I mean there's a couple things left in the history books mm-hmm. that don't have somebody as the first one to do something but mm-hmm. that is it's so shocking but it's still up for grabs I, mean, I know
1: yeah that's yeah.
0: that's amazing so what would it what does it mean to you to you to for that to be like within your grasp
1: um. Yeah, I mean, when I first started doing tries, I did notice right away the lack of diversity. Um, oh, right. And then the more that I looked into it, and I found out why there was such a lack of diversity in the sport. And if people don't know, there's only 0.5% percent African Americans in triathlon. Um, there was only there's only been one pro male African American man. Um, I know, so yeah. And for me, I'm I'm always driven to see how high I can excel, like, what's the pinnacle of success for me in a sport, and for me, um, knowing that there hasn't been that. um, So not just turning pro, but also being, like, representing African Americans and being one of the first black women to do it. um, You know, I mean, besides that being really, really cool, I hope that it draws more attention, you know, to the sport. Like, I'm sure so many young African-Americans don't even realize what the sport is, which I have noticed, um, speaking at different schools and stuff, they don't know the distances and all they see is, this maybe Ironman on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, but just so that they know there are other sports out there. Um, you know, maybe a kid will want to learn how to swim because, you know, they want to try a triathlon. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a liter. I mean, you think about it, you're legitimately would be put in the history books. Like, Mm -hmm. As the first African American woman to get a pro card, I mean, I I just think about the inspiration that 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 naturally has, that it naturally has, not even being pro carded, but you know, if there's less than, you said less point, than
1: one point one percent, so yeah, point five percent, yeah.
0: That, that's an amazing. That's an amazing statistic. That, I mean. I don't even know how to how to feel about it but like you said there is um there is kind of a reason for that Mm -hmm. and and it it goes deeper than most people would probably think right can you can you talk about that a little bit
1: um sure so uh another statistic that most people don't realize is that about 64 percent of african americans can't swim like we lack basic swim skills and Part of that reason is, um, you know, it's crazy with all this race stuff going on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're always careful what you're saying. So, like, as soon as people start talking about black stuff, people want to tune out and everything. But I do believe that systemic racism is real and it's Mm -hmm. had far reaching effects. And, you know, back in the 1960s before uh, segregation was, um, you know, there was no more segregation. We weren't allowed to swim in the same pools as white people, and we didn't have access to these things. And we'd go to, you know, a lake or something like that, and there weren't lifeguards, and the drowning rate was really high. And you know, black families didn't want their kids near the water, and um, and there's a high statistic that like if your grandparents can't swim or your parents can't swim, you you probably can't swim either. Gosh. So um, it's just kind of passed down generation to generation. So um, the fact that the swim is the first leg of a triathlon that's obviously a huge reason why you know there's so few of us in the sport
0: yeah it's i mean people don't realize that segregation Mm -hmm. really wasn't that long ago i think i i i think there's a a picture going around of the first little african-american girl who got into uh, who went to school after Mm -hmm. it got desegregated yep and that she's only 60 years old
1: yeah you know
0: She's not she's, people act like it's
1: so long ago. I know people act like it's so long ago. Like my dad had to sit in the back of the train when he went down south, you know, like this isn't my great great grandfather It's yeah. my father.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went to uh, I went to a school in Lynchburg.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, there was a very beautiful park there. Lynchburg's a very beautiful place. It's part of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, and there was this uh, there was this pool shape at the park. And the history behind the pool shape was that it was a whites only pool. Mm -hmm. And that when desegregation happened, the white people said, if there's going to be black people that swim in this pool, we won't have this pool. They filled it with concrete Mm -hmm. and it's still there. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it's just not that long ago. And I, I, I mean, just to think about,
1: or when we were allowed to swim in the pools, they would throw bleach and stuff. So we still didn't want to go swim there because yeah, we'd be scared, yeah. right?
0: I mean, th- it's just, it really wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the effects of that, I mean, are still being, I mean, you can see them today. Yeah. So, not, I mean, not not just in triathlon, but just, I mean, well, we won't get too, too much into it, but... Yep. Um, but I really want to draw a little bit of attention to the fact that you are actually doing real, real work to uh, turn the tide when it comes to um, educating mm-hmm. young children mm-hmm. who are African American to to learn to swim. Mm-hmm. And you've actually recently partnered with, uh, if you follow him on Instagram, it's at Black Kids Swim. Mm-hmm. So, talk a little bit about bringing attention to that to that issue.
1: Yeah, I try to partner with um, organizations um, like not for, not for profits that are actively trying to find ways, I guess, to give back to uh, help people who, you know, lack basic swimming skills. Um, so, yeah, there are organizations out there like Black Kids Swim, and um, I find that it sucks because there's a lack of financial support for these organizations so like they have um, the ideas and the tools to you know do things and make a difference but they might be lacking those things so I do try to draw as much attention as I can um, I do give back when I do speaking engagements and stuff mm-hmm. like that if I get you know some kind of compensation a stipend for it I contribute 10% usually a National Black Marathoners Association mm-hmm. um, who They give a yearly and annual scholarship um, because even with African Americans and distance running and the accomplishments there, I mean, you see a lot of like Africans, Ethiopians, Kenyans, but not Mm -hmm. necessarily African Americans um, pursuing the long distances. Usually, when it's us, you see us in sprints and. Yeah. So I just kind of do what I can. Um, if I do get asked to, you know, speak to kids or speak at a college campus or something like that, I'm lucky that I partner with great companies like Hoka and Mm -hmm. they are willing to, you know, give door prizes and stuff like that to help bring more people out and be more interested in these sports and learning how to swim.
0: When you, um, when you go talk to to the children mm-hmm. about your experiences and stuff. How, they, yeah. how? What kind of response do you get? Do they get excited? They do. They do. Get inspired?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it's new to them. Um, They don't realize that even like a sport like triathlon exists. And, you know, I put pictures up and, you know, they haven't seen a wetsuit in person or a time trial bike in person and, Mm -hmm. you know, the importance of wearing a helmet and stuff like that. So it's like you're introducing something completely new to them. Like when you turn on TV, you can watch NBA games or, Mm -hmm. you know, the NFL and stuff like that. But, um, triathlon is not a mainstream sport so yeah. it's not something that they're seeing regularly and they're definitely not when it is on they're not seeing people that look like them mm-hmm. so now they're seeing you know an african-american woman who is doing these crazy distances and you know out racing in Kona and yeah they think it's really cool I showed them the swim video that's on YouTube when I was swimming with dolphins with my coach and nice. um, yeah and then you know some of the schools there in the inner city and they're kind of rough and these kids have been through a lot so when I show them you know, I had that terrible accident last year and I show them the pictures and that I came back from it and I think that they were um, they thought it was pretty cool and I, yeah. think, I hope they were inspired by it oh, yeah. I,
0: I, I bet you a, th- a, th- a billion dollars that they're inspired every time they hear hear that and see and see that you're doing the things that you're doing mm-hmm. So I really think it's cool that y- you you don't just talk about it you be about it I try and to. I, I yeah. think that's really cool um, You've mentioned a couple times, uh an accident there was an accident that you had mm-hmm. at in at Kona uh no it was it, it, no. it was where was it, that at?
1: that was Texas <clears throat> Excuse it was me. Texas. Texas yep Ironman 70.3 Texas in April last gotcha. year Gotcha.
0: okay so Kona Kona came after that
1: oh yes mm-hmm. so
0: good I want to talk a little bit about how you had Kona a,
1: came because of that <laughs> yes
0: yes yes so you you had an accident. Um, we're not gonna. We won't. We won't talk too so much about it. It Was an, yeah. a cycling accident. Yep. And it was uh, it was bad. Yep. Um, and uh, it ended your race yeah. and had some some pretty hefty consequences for you. Yes. Um, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how in the world you can have an accident like yours and bounce back and. Say I'm going to continue to do this because I'll tell you what I had one accident on the bike <laughs> and guess what I haven't done ridden since really? because mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad mm-hmm. I didn't even get hurt mm-hmm. but it was it was scary because I I was taking a turn yeah. my wheel um, popped mm-hmm. my front wheel popped while I was in the turn mm-hmm. and I slid and I just hit a I hit a stop sign in the turn okay. across my chest uh-huh. and I didn't get hurt at all but it was it shook me right but you actually got had a gnarly injury (laughs) yes and you ended up like you said going to like the the like world Mm -hmm. championship Mm -hmm. so what I really want to explore a little bit is how you found the courage to get back up onto the bike and into the sport
1: I don't even know Um, it's crazy looking back because you know this was only last year and my injuries and the accident were so severe. Now looking back, I'm like, God, I was—I must have been crazy <laughs> getting back on a bike. <laughs> um, I think it was part of just me wanting to prove to myself that I could do it, um, and I also just didn't feel done. Like, yeah. of course, when I first woke up and realized the extent of everything and seeing, you know, how bad my face was and you know broken nose and all that stuff I was just like oh hell no like I am done goodbye triathlon (laughs) goodbye running goodbye everything like I just want to be a normal person I'm like this is crazy this is crazy stuff um but then yeah I know and then a few days later you know I was finally home Uh, I was I stayed with my parents while I recovered and everything and we talked about things and you know, my mom was like, please don't ever do this again, but my dad was kind of inquisitive, and you know, it's just like, well, if you knew, like, even, if you knew that you were gonna crash and have all these injuries, but you were still gonna go on to earn your pro card, would you go, th- go through all of this? And without hesitation, I'm like, definitely. Like, this journey has been the people that I've met, and you know, the fact that I get to, you know, meet people like you and do stuff like this, and all the wonderful, great things that it's, Given me, um, I didn't want it to end, and then on top of it, I, f- I felt like that was my moment where I realized how influential the things I had done were. Oh, yeah. um, when I stayed at my parents' house, people were so wonderful. They sent me flowers and you know a teddy bear and um, also a lot of mail and cards. And some of the cards that I received were from African American kids, like hand drawn cards, like please get better and get back out there, and we want to see you get your pro card and. They were just really sweet and thoughtful and i'm like oh my gosh like they're actually paying attention and you know it matters and you know it just made me realize the importance of image and that i didn't want to just be a quitter so it was kind of like for them and then kind of for me so i think that helped and then that badass bike we talked about yeah (laughs) so heard my story and the fact that i was just totally jacked up and i was still like you know, I still want to go back out and race, and I want to earn my pro car. And they're like, you know, well, here's a P3X. So I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Wow. So, yeah, because Lord oh,
0: so knows I couldn't car, afford that. That. Bike, came, that bike came from from all that. Yep. Oh my
1: god. And the head wheels, everything. Yeah.
0: Well, the courage, like like I said, the courage that it takes. You know, I know a, it sounds like there was a lot of elements to mm-hmm. give you to give you that courage, but mm-hmm. you're you're like a, a warrior. Thank you. I think that's awesome, Thank and you. I think it it probably means a lot to the children who wrote you those mm-hmm. cards, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to mean a whole lot to a lot of children in the future too. Mm-hmm. I really just think uh, that your your story is just incredibly inspiring. Um, really, probably to anybody who listens to it, but really, just really, even and in a deeper way, mm-hmm. to the young. African American children who, who might not know about all this stuff, but because of you mm-hmm. will one day I hope so. and will yeah. pursue, uh, endurance sports. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I just, I just want you to know from me, yeah. like, I think what you're doing is really Thank important. You. Yeah. Um,
1: And i should add it wasn't easy coming back by any stretch of the imagination i think some people think that it was like oh she just popped back up and was back to racing and competing and it was not like i was was on an emotional roller coaster yeah it was like learning how to deal with everything like the extent of the injuries and like healing from surgeries and you know that and wrestling with wanting to be fit like i literally went from flying down to texas to get my pro card and being in the best shape of my life to all of a sudden i have to go to the track and just walk four laps and yeah. see how i feel so yeah.
0: um, <clears throat> what about now like does it still affect you like ha- yes, a little haunting or um, or what's it like? Yeah, now? I'm
1: more cautious now. Yeah. Even when I'm out riding, definitely more cautious. Um, uh, what else? I,
0: the yeah. only reason I asked that I don't
1: feel invisible the, anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: The only reason I ask, ask that is because like if I get an injury mm-hmm. and the injury's gone, yeah. I still wonder like on a run, mm-hmm. is that going to happen? Like uh, and they get like a twinge. Right. So I just didn't know. I just thought it would be interesting. I thought you're, I mean, to know whether or not it affects the way you ride now.
1: Yeah, I know. In some ways, things change for the better, too, I guess. I would say I'm mentally stronger, honestly. Yeah. Um, Even getting through Kona six months after the crash, like doing a full Ironman on one of the hardest courses out there, Uh,
0: (laughs) you bounce back six months later.
1: Well, technically five. I did Ironman 70.3 Augusta first. Yep. And then two weeks after that, I flew out to Kona. And there were so many times in the Ironman where I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. I'm like, eh, this isn't really as bad as everything I went through a couple months ago. so you did
0: a full, the Kona full Ironman. Yep. Okay. I have a couple auxiliary questions. Okay. I can't even hardly run a marathon. <laughs> I'm okay. sure you can. I mean, I've done it. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Uh-huh. Okay. But it's really hard for me to imagine taxing my body through swimming mm-hmm. and then riding for
1: 112 miles, yeah, like over a
0: century, year. you know, and then running yeah. a marathon. What is it like? like
1: as bad as you can imagine <laughs> whatever you're thinking that time is 20 is just terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I consider the run my strength, and I didn't even want to run the marathon after I was up in that tent, like just my hotel was right nearby. Like somebody just walked me back to the hotel. I don't want to go back out there, like.
0: <laughs> Dude, the brick workout, the brick workouts during training kind of help with that, right? They
1: oh for sure they help, but nothing. I, I don't know if anything really prepares you gotcha. for when you're actually out there in that in that
0: when when you transition from the bike to the run. Yep. How long does it take for your legs to say, "Oh, I'm I'm running now"? Like, like for you to feel like your legs like shake out of the bike?
1: Uh, well, I've been doing this so long, yeah. and I've done so many half irons that I don't feel like it's it's really I pop back really fast when oh, I okay. do a half iron. The the running a marathon after? Oh my gosh. You just, I, I walked head down in shame, walked out of the tent and I'm like, I'm a decent runner and I'm walking right now. But then I finally started moving my legs and I would say about two miles into it, they like, I started feeling normal again. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I mean, that's quick. Yeah. My other question when it comes to triathlons is when you're, when you run a marathon, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: people do different things to fuel like gels or waffles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some people just use whole foods when you're doing a, a whole triathlon it takes up a lot of the day <laughs> how do you fuel? like is it the same way all the way through or
1: um yeah i mean i make sure that i take in a lot of um fluids and electrolytes before i even get in the swim um so that you're not getting out of the water, you know, 2.4 miles later, dehydrated. Um, so the thing about Kona, when I did it there, there's so many elements that you're dealing with, like the heat, the water's really warm, mm-hmm. it's salty, um, and then it's really hot out there when you're riding the bike. So on the bike itself, I always have two bottles on me that I'm, con- so I'm constantly drinking electrolytes, and mm-hmm. then they have aid stations with bananas and you know stuff like that, so as you're riding through, you grab whatever oh, you okay. need. Um, at the halfway mark, so 56 miles, you have a bag that you had already pre-packed and people put, I've seen everything. I saw like, people had sandwiches and, you know, like I just packed mine with goo and like extra electrolytes and stuff like that.
0: So um, you don't eat, personally, yeah. you don't eat whole food when you, when you're doing no, a race? no. Yeah, not for me. Do you do anything solid? Because I know, like, sometimes for me, if I do all goos and liquid, sometimes I feel sloshy.
1: Yeah, just bananas and um, and, uh, clip bars.
0: Gotcha. So you have a little bit of something to be solid. Gotcha.
1: And then the marathon, you literally just start, they have Coke that I don't even drink Coca-Cola. And I was so desperate that I did start drinking Red Bull and Coke in the marathon. (laughs) I was just, one of my friends, she was like, I was throwing back shots of Coke, no, throwing back Coke like it was shots of tequila. She was like, I was just trying to get <laughs> through funny. it.
0: Well, that's similar to like ultra running, like so <laughs> far down into the thing, people, a lot of people get that quick sugar. Yes. Um, so I guess you've actually, like a triathlon is sometimes even longer than some of these ultras. So yeah, like a uh, soda. Yeah, we,
1: the cutoff is 17 hours. So some people are out there 17 oh, yeah. hours. So.
0: Um, Last quick question before we get into your favorite things. You have what's your coach's name? Jonathan Karen. Johnny. And Coach Johnny. Coach Johnny. You have a very interesting relationship <laughs> with him.
1: Because he's an interesting person. He pushes.
0: He pushes you hard. He does. I I I just think it's so funny. On Instagram, when you do when you do some kind of hard effort in something, uh-huh. and then he gets a text and he sends you a text like, all right, you should ride some now. Yeah. Like, didn't he try to get you to ride after your ultra?
1: Yeah. I was like, my legs hurt, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, it would help if you got on the back and just kind of flush them out. I'm like, the hell I am. I'm not kidding. Are kidding me? I just rode 31 miles. I'm going to drink wine and getting in the bath.
0: Ooh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, Well, let's wrap up the episode and get into some of your favorite things. I didn't tell you a couple of these things, but okay um what's your favorite color pink pink yes nice finally we keep getting blue and green on i mean teal oh, teal okay. blue and green yeah. so fuchsia specifically <laughs> i think maybe i i know this sounds funny i'm a plumber okay i'm a little bit feminine i'm not like a masculine guy okay but i think maybe my favorite color has turned into pink hmm. I have a lot of pink shirts. Okay. And yes, I just I like, realized I like it. Like, they've kind of, like, snuck into my life, and it's, mm-hmm. like, a major chunk of my wardrobe mm-hmm. now. Guys so maybe look I, good in pink.
1: I think yeah, maybe I wear just, more often. Yeah,
0: I got... And I've got an olive skin tone, so mm-hmm. pink, pink... I can rock some pink. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good. So, I appreciate that. So, fuchsia. Yes. All right. What's your... Fa- this could be hard. This is a curveball. What's your favorite movie?
1: Uh... Trying to think of movies I can watch. So I wouldn't say I have a favorite movie, but there are movies I watch over and over again. You can a watch Bronx it. Tale. Okay. I watch a Bronx Tale so many times. Um Gladiator is another one I watch a gazillion times. And that's a good one. Training Day. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> no. All
0: right, let's get into what your favorite race of all time is. And it can be it can be running or a triathlon. What's your favorite race? Mm-hmm.
1: Probably the one city marathon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that cause that was like where you were like okay. Yeah, like I, can compete I now. discovered
1: myself. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean a really cool way to think mm-hmm. about
0: it. Um, what's your favorite place to, to train? Like which like a route that you love to to run?
1: Sandy Bottom Nature Park by my house. It's only like a mile and a half away and it's rarely crowded there and I see so many different there's deer running around and yeah. turtles and yeah i love it yeah
0: it's up on the peninsula mm-hmm. the trails there are filled with a lot of wildlife yeah they are. we don't have a lot of that here except yeah. for snakes down on the south side
1: yeah no, thank you. no you'll so, see the most random you'll see an owl like really i see the most random things there it's on it's awesome
0: yeah i mean i, I really like that so but um Sandy Bottom, I haven't been to, but I know it's a popular place to run on the peninsula. And they have a 24-hour a race there that a lot of people from yes. the south side really like. Mm-hmm. How big? How long is the loop over there at Sandy Bottom?
1: It's actually not that big of a loop. Um, I think Trillium is the longest back route, so there are different... Oh,
0: routes. so there are different trails? Kind yes. of like First Landing yes. down here. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd like First Landing if you never run there. I do.
1: You, I do like it. Yeah, but yeah. First Landing is an out and back. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, Sandy Bottom, you can do different loops. Yeah. So there's, like, a two-mile loop or a three-mile loop. First
0: Landing has a bunch of tiny loop or a bunch of oh, little really? loops inside it. Yeah. Oh, we, I didn't realize I, that. I know a couple people. There's people who have been on the show who know it like the back of their hand uh-huh. and find, like, all kinds. of. There's people who can run, well, I guess there is a 50K only in in, uh, in there, but people can run a ton of distance back there just by oh. putting together all the different trails.
1: Mm, I never so. knew that. I'll have to... Yeah, Go you out can, and explore You them. can check it out, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this this will be a good one. What's okay. your favorite shoes to run in?
1: Hoka, of course. <laughs> uh, probably the new Rocket X that's going to hit the market soon. How uh, light is it? Very light, yeah. If you run in the Carbon X, I would say it's probably comparable to that. Gotcha. But the shoe that I run the most in is the Clifton. But my favorite is the Rocket X.
0: One thing I like, I haven't run in the new Clifton's, but one design change that they made, I really like the shoes that have the open heel, the heel that curves out. out yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not tight against your heel. I think mm-hmm. that's a really good design. I think yeah. a, 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 we'll be, be seeing more shoes like that, mm-hmm. so. All right, I know the answer to this. Okay. Maybe, but our listeners don't. What's your favorite tri-sport?
1: Um. Like... The of, run, oh out, like from the, swim, the, the bike three. or the run the mm-hmm. run can you but rank like, them uh run number one then the bike then this swim. but honestly other than the run i really like the transition like getting off the bike it's the best feeling yeah, yeah.
0: heck let's just do it one last question what about clothes when it comes to the triathlon mm-hmm. like is isn't there's sometimes a suit that you just wear the whole time or what, what is that like? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so. a tri suit. So, well, it's, it can be different. Like for an Ironman, some people will wear their tri suit in the swim and the bike. And then they'll like actually put on running clothes after. Mm. Um, but for me, I always just race in one suit and it's good at like the type of material it is. You can swim in it. You could run in it. It's nice.
0: it's yeah, that's really cool. Well, I think that you've inspired a lot of people already. Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> and I think
0: that I think that you're probably going to freaking make history and then inspire tons of more people. It's totally within the realm of possibility and I just am so excited to to see it come to fruition. I will be cheering you on along the way thank and I know a lot of people will especially after after hearing this. So I appreciate you coming on here.
1: Thank you for having me. And I'm knocking on wood right now from everything that you just said. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's speak it Uh, into the
0: universe. Positive vibes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. All right. Now. I confessed to Sika on several occasions. And now I confess to you. I was super intimidated to have such an influential person on the show. She's using her platform to expand African-American representation in endurance sports for generations to come. And while I did feel the pressure of that power from her, her gracious down-to-earth presence was what I was really left with. I'm humbled and honored to have shared this conversation with this woman, who I believe is about to make real history, and in doing so, inspire countless boys and girls to take interest in this sport so from me and I'm sure from all of our listeners go seeka you got this this week's haiku is brought to us by yours truly this is what I write fast slow don't matter just make sure you move forward that's what truly counts keep moving forward guys for now this is danny signing off godspeed